0: This is the Cash Value Solutions Podcast, where your hosts, Jason Pohlmeyer and Kyle Mann, shed light on little-known money truths to help you take control of your financial future and become your own banker. Subscribe, rate, and review the show, and check us out at CashValueSolutions.com. Value hey everyone. Welcome back to the Cash Value Solutions Podcast this week. Today, we have sort of uh, what we're going to call a red pills episode of things with infinite banking, and Kyle, I'm going to let you lead off.
1: Yeah, we got this idea from the Working Cows podcast where Clay Connor just kind of spoke about some truths that he thought he has come to or come by over the last few years of interviewing people, and we thought we would, you know. Apply you, it to IBC. Yes, exactly. We thought it was a great idea. So if you're into ranching, check, definitely check that podcast out. But um, I think we'll start off with IBC is not the end-all be-all.
0: Yeah, we've mentioned this in other podcasts, but, you know, this is so common, well, for practitioners, but I want to hit on for people that find IBC, Mm -hmm. is they find this and they just want to throw absolutely everything into this system and- Immediately. Immediately. And you have to realize it's going to take time and there's nothing wrong per se with wanting to do that but there are limitations set by the insurance company there's loss of liquidity and there's just different things that make it very difficult to do that
1: and also like there's a lot of marketing that would persuade people to think this is what they need to do and in all reality like when you take that marketing away the hype like you understand that it is not the silver bullet that it can be portrayed it's definitely a great system we believe in it. We think it's way better to store capital and life insurance policy than it is a bank. You know, you have your your dollars doing more than one thing for you, but it is not the magical thing that's going to, you know, save your life. And I think this kind of goes in with our number two point was that it's not going to immediately change your life. And I feel like there's so much marketing on this and people get so hyped into like, they're saying like, just think of what it takes or what it's going to be like to control the banking function like if from you, day
0: 1 yeah, the from,
1: moment you start this policy it's like this is not going to change your life from day 1 the the one thing it is going to change is you're going to get death protection on yourself or somebody else however you're doing that but that's all you're doing and Up front, you're taking a what a you're taking a haircut on 10 cash to, available 10 to 50% you know yeah. haircut on that cash available so i mean you're going to have
0: access to less capital in the first couple of years. And the we, only thing that I would say that, that would be an exception to that is like, if you're putting it into some type of qualified plan.
1: Yeah, definitely. And
0: you're just rerouting these dollars to this system now. hmm
1: Yeah. So, but like, if you're following the IBC track or whatever, like you're not doing that and this is not going to save your life right away. So like, don't think that, oh yeah, I'm going to put all this money and I'm going to have control because that's another thing that we hear is like, don't you want control? It's like, well... If you got that in the bank, you have pretty good control of it. I mean, there are terms and things that can change that, but it's not like gonna be an immediate difference in control.
0: Yeah. Or liquidity. The 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 biggest thing you said there is that it's not gonna be an immediate difference. No. Like like Kyle and I, when we're talking about this episode, you know, absolutely this is a terrific system, but it is so long term based. And that's why it's, it's hard for people when they first discover IBC, in my opinion, to really see the value in it. Because mm-hmm. this is a 20, 30, 40, 80-year proposition of value. Yeah, This I mean, isn't something that I give you a dollar now and I get an ice cream sandwich in return.
1: <laughs> no, it's definitely <laughs> not. I mean, we're talking about future generations. I mean, we can be talking about this could be affecting multiple hundreds of years. I mean...
0: Absolutely. If, if, death- if you start this and say you're 25, say you live to be 100, there's 75 years for your plan, say that you taught your children about this, got them started, okay, now your death benefit is paid to them, and they're using that to enhance the system that you already got them to start, mm-hmm. and then they teach their children, I mean, this thing can go as long as you want it to, Yes. as long as there's mutual life insurance companies, Um to get dividend paying whole life insurance from. But in the first, you know, five years, at least it's going to be really hard to, you know, really see that benefit versus storing your money in a bank. Definitely. Definitely. So aside from you will feel a definite like sense of protection from all the death benefit (laughs) that you're going to have.
1: Sure. I mean, that, that is the, Only immediate thing that you're going to feel. So just don't think that it's
0: like, yes, life is changing, you know, immediately. And, and to be honest, like, I know that I'm kind of like discounting that, how I said that and whatnot, but that is very valuable. Like when I think about in the immediate area that I live within, you know, probably a 25 mile radius of where I grew up, I can think of three people just right now off the top of my head that have died prior to being 30 years old. Yeah. I mean, some of them had a family, some of them were still single, but I mean, that's that's really early. I mean, nobody plans to go that soon. And you have no idea. Yeah. And you have it's pretty hard to comprehend the
1: financial situation that is going to be, you know, left behind too. So,
0: yeah, say you do have a family and, you know, you started this system, but you know, it hasn't provided you with with more capital at this moment in time than what you could have had in a bank. But that protection is worth something because what if you pass away mm-hmm. now that death benefit is put, paid out to your, um, wife or husband or whoever the beneficiary is to help them handle debt that you may have had. Mm-hmm. They take like a lot of stress off a lot of stress off. It's going to ease family relationships. Um, yeah, so many, so many things. Mm hmm. So I'm not trying to discount that. It's just that most people want to look at the cash value as the value proposition, not the death benefit.
1: Yeah, definitely. And both are extremely important. Yep. And this will kind of lead into our next topic. We do believe rate of return matters. Like, I mean, it is definitely not the most important thing. Definitely not.
0: But I guess if you want to... it, in simple terms, let me put it this way. Kyle and I have seen policies proposed to people that it will literally take 20 years to get more capital in the policy than what you have paid into it. Mm-hmm. 20 years. You could have just been saving that money in a bank account and doing things with it. And bought term. I mean... It's just... <laughs> If you can get a policy that returns your capital sooner without sacrificing long-term performance, there is value in that. Absolutely. There's a lot of value in that.
1: And there, I mean, there are definite, definite situations where, you know, depending on the person, like it may take longer to break even and maybe, or how you're setting up the policy, maybe you want to fund it way longer. And that makes total sense. Like if, if you can fund a policy longer and, um, you know that, and you're comfortable with that loss of liquidity upfront. That's that's totally fine. But we have seen instances where they have they've won, the funding has been longer. The break even has been
0: way longer. And and, we, and how many people, Kyle? I mean, I'm not saying that there's no possible way they can make it, but it makes it much more difficult. Like if they have to, you know, people that are our age have to withstand that loss of liquidity. I mean, that is very difficult for them. I mean those dollars are being used for something, oh yeah, but like what I was saying is like we've seen it where it takes forever for these policies
1: to break, even that and then we could come in with a policy that you know we design what with maybe a different company or whatever, and we can break even faster and fund it longer, so like, yeah we have we have definitely seen that multiple times, so I don't know we do we do think that rate of return matters, it's not the most important thing, but just be sure that who you're working with has your best interests in mind and maybe talk to some different people.
0: Yeah. And and for those people that will argue, well, it's just an illustration, that doesn't pan out. The insurance pro blog um last summer did a really awesome series where they broke down um, I think it was either four or five different life insurance companies, and they spoke about actual performance versus illustrated performance and compared things. Mm-hmm. And it does to some extent matter, you know, what's being illustrated. Not because that's what's going to happen, but the trend is the people that have illustrated more, they were actually, for the most part, closer in their illustrations, but they were still ahead of the other companies as well. Yeah, So that illustrated less cash value. Yeah, so to say that, well, that doesn't matter, you know, and things can change, absolutely they can, but... When you look at these things and studies that people have done, I mean, you know, maybe we'll be able to do that in 10 years, Kyle, when Mm -hmm. we have that much data. But when you look at real things that have actually happened, policies that are actually in force, that is worth some weight to me.
1: Yeah. And I guess, you know, the whole name of the game, this is like accumulating capital to use to buy the necessities of life or income producing assets. So why would we not want to accumulate as much capital as quick as we can, and as efficiently as we can throughout the lifetime and our goals? Yep. So I don't see how it can make sense to like, yeah, we're going to do IBC and we're going to do all this capital accumulation and then give somebody a policy where it is extremely slow and maybe you can't fund it as long as something else, but just mm-hmm. not not focusing on that.
0: Yep. So. so not the only thing that you should look at, but it's – Many practitioners try to totally disregard it, and I believe that that is the incorrect thing for yeah. the agent to do and the consumer to do.
1: And another thing that they like to disregard is company selection. So, this kind of ties in with rate of return, but we also do believe the companies do matter. I mean, every company does things a little differently. They have different quirks. They have different... Um,
0: like Their flex- writers work differently.
1: Yes. Different flexibility. I mean, they'll offer you different rates of return. I mean, and... The amount of funding that you can do, I mean, for how long and stuff like that. And there's just some companies that will not illustrate and not perform better than other companies.
0: Yeah. And the, the biggest takeaway that Kyle and I like have from that when we're comparing companies is we're looking at the options that benefit the consumer and their goal, their their specific goal. Yeah. I mean, context, just for instance um one that we commonly commonly refer to because it's such an integral part of an IBC policy is PUAs and how that is calculated across the policy and if if a consumer is all right with it if they want to use a company that has something that you know the the policy's PUA can be limited i mean that's fine but we're absolutely going to make them aware of that because they need to know how this works. Mm-hmm. This is a long-term thing, and if it, that policy could potentially reduce the amount they can fund into it, they need to know that upfront. Yeah, I mean,
1: there are definite situations where companies will work better with different clients just based on the context of it. And I think, right? Like it's no discounted. one company
0: just fits the perfect bill.
1: No, th- I mean, there's no way that if you have if you're going through everybody's individual you know goals and aspects of what they want to do. There's no way I think you could service that with one company:
0: absolutely not. I mean you could like I in mean, uh I mean you literally could if you wanted to yeah, but if you're having their best interest in mind, then no yeah I'm not it's sure. not gonna it's not going to be the best that you could have done in my opinion I agree I, I think a lot of people do that though because it makes things more
1: simple, and you can get more pull within the company but that's low on our list so what
0: you mean a company will pay you more the more business you write with <laughs> well, them Kyle? they might and then you <laughs> might
1: get a little more pull to where like you can get behind some rules and stuff like that so i mean i understand that it can make things easier but i still think that not you got
0: to do what's right for the consumer yeah
1: at the end of the day definitely so and i guess to round this out we might do a part two but um Borrowing from banks is not the end of the world, especially when you're getting started. I know we agree with Nelson's thoughts on the banking system and stuff like that. How it's evil and
0: they expand the money supply and whatnot. It's, it's, it's rigged against everybody who's, you know, not the top. I mean, they, they can literally, Kyle, they can give you a loan with money that they don't actually have mm-hmm. and they can collect interest from you for that money that never existed That is so wild. I mean,
1: when you think about what he just said, like they're taking nothing and getting money for it, which is fraud. But so yeah, we, we get that, but also we realize that you have to work in your context and I don't think it is worth like giving the bill, the ability to borrow from banks. If you can, you know, propel yourself further where you're at, where you want to do, like, it's not worth giving up that income. You're not going to get a pat on the back for it. I mean, I think it's more important that you put yourself in the best financial situation that you can to where eventually, yeah, that bank, it can become plan B. It's not, you know, the focus of your business.
0: Yeah, long-term, maybe 30 years down the road, you know, you can, mm-hmm. if you want to, get rid of that. And I mean, I I see things, you know, the longer and longer that I deal with, you know, businesses and whatnot, you know, these these great rates being advertised and, and other things, you know, and it's like, yeah, that, those rates are available, but they're not always available to you. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's just a promotional deal. So if you get a deal, um, for instance, on a vehicle, a big discount or something, maybe you can't even qualify for that promotional deal. Yeah. Even if you could have like credit worthiness wise. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, yeah, there's, there's definitely, you know, there's a place for the banks and, you know, there's pros and cons to not working with them and, you know, working with them. Absolutely. So
1: once again, all this stuff comes down to context and we just don't think it can be simplified as much as it gets simplified today. The rate of return, the company selection, using banks, you know, um IBC being the end all be all, like context. <laughs> so
0: Yeah, I I think like the end all be all and context like go hand in hand with each other. Yeah. I mean it's just hard to say that something is the perfect fit. You know, IBC is the perfect fit when you don't necessarily know what somebody's context is that they're coming from. Definitely. So, definitely. Anyways,
1: so, well, we hope this kind of uh, gets you guys thinking a little bit. And uh, we'll be back with a new podcast and maybe expand upon some more rip pills.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is a, just our kind of technical look at the industry and thoughts that it has. So hopefully you enjoyed it and we'll, we'll come up with some more for you. This was the Cash Value Solutions Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Check us out at cashvaluesolutions.com. And don't forget to tune in next week.